Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Starting a new series this month, uh, as you can read, entitled Independence, Freedom Through Submission. Now, when looking at that, you'll notice there's a little bit of a break between the word in and the word dependence as opposed to being just one word. Because we really want to focus as we move into this, this season of uh, when America celebrates her, her birthday and her independence. That we really talk about what it means to be dependent or in a state of dependence on God. So it's going to be a two-part series with the first part, of course, being on today. And before I do anything else, I want to make sure we let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you right now just for this opportunity to be in your presence, Lord God, to be in your house. I just ask you right now in this moment, Lord God, you would remove me and allow my voice, Lord God, to be replaced by yours. That every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, as much as possible, that the people that are gathered here today would hear you, Lord, and not me. We thank you just for the opportunity, Lord, to hear your word and just to to know what it is you would have us to do with our lives, and that it would be life-changing for us throughout this, this day, throughout this week, Lord God, and just for our entire lives. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So our scripture today is going to come from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And some of you may have your Bibles on your phones an actual Bible. If not, we have it right there on your notes in front of you. And it reads, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is is not life more than food and a body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to be very honest with you. When uh, I've read this, this, this passage many a times in my life, 
But the, the past few days and over the course of this week, for at least three nights, I really wrestled with the passage. I read it and because I guess like most of us, I struggled, I've been indoctrinated with this, this idea of independence. Especially as a man, if, if, if things aren't going right, I feel like it's my, my job to get it right and make it go right. And there's this thing about the word, and when you read it, it, it's, it can speak to you a different way each time you read it as you grow. You can read the same passage a thousand times. It can be a different passage each time you read it. And a lot of times it's because we're in a different stage as we read it, so it speaks to a different part of us. So with that being said, I was ready when I read it, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for what it was going to do to me, and I was going to challenge me. And that's often what happens for uh, many a preacher, many a, a sermon giver, a sermon writer, that it has to first be a sermon to you before you can deliver it to somebody else. But I had to really examine myself. I had to examine my, the way I worry, the way my, my stress level sometimes takes over, and what I do when that stress level takes over. And I tend to rely on me when the going gets tough. And I got this. You know, I got it. I can handle it. And really all I got is, is more stress. And as you can see, I wore uh, one of my Superman shirts today, really as an illustrative point. And I say one of because I own about five of them, but really that's, kind of, that's, that's, that's progress for me. I was uh, in my early 20s in undergrad. I really owned, about, uh, really owned over 30. And it was one of those things where I, had, I literally had one for each day of the month. And, I, and being on campus, I went to LSU, and I, most people didn't even really know my name. Like, I was just Superman, and that was, that was fine with me. Because in many ways, it was a persona. It was a way to keep people away, for one. But also, I had this idea I wanted people to believe that I had it all together. That I could help them, but I didn't, I didn't really need any help. And so that was, that was what I wore. I had T-shirts, button-downs, fleece pullovers, hoodies. You know, you name it, I had it. But I had to get to this place that I had to realize that, uh, like I said, I, I, I was fine with with helping you. I was fine with being there for you, but I wouldn't allow anyone to be there for me. I didn't need help. So I believed. So it was a full-on superhero complex. And so I believed it so much that I have, actually, I have a tattoo on my right arm. That's how deeply I wanted to believe this. But life has a way of being a breaking process and one really long wake-up call. I had to realize that I can't do this alone. I had to realize that I'm not Superman. It's just a shirt. It's just a tattoo. It's a comic book character. And it's not me. I had to realize that, it, essentially, I'm not God. So as the month of June, again, as I said, comes to a close, we, we're near the date on which America celebrates her independence this July 4th. And this, this concept of independence is what I want us to focus on today. See, in our culture, we've come to glorify this notion of I'm totally independent, the idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, making it all on your own, no reliance on anyone or anything. You, want, you need more stuff, you need more house, you need more car, you need more clothes, more phone. There's this importance of acquiring more, 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 and more. And we seek the more, but as we seek that more, we're also reminded that our more can be taken away at any moment. For instance, we also, as we, on one end, have commercials about how many things we should own. We also have uh, things in the news that tell us how fast we can lose all those things. So foreclosures, joblessness, homelessness. And so that you have this one part of you is working to acquire the other, part of you is, the other part of you is fearing that you're going to lose what you're trying to acquire. And so with that comes this, this collective consciousness that's pumped into us of, of worry, of fear, simultaneously trying to acquire while also simultaneously being in fear of losing what you're trying to acquire. But I want to tell you that it's basically it's, it's all garbage, you know, especially as it relates to the things of God. 
it's, it's, it's an image, again, just like that Superman persona. It's a persona that we wear, that we've come to embrace. We work and we work and we work and we work and we work. And we come to believe that somehow we got here all on our lonesome. And we deal with this struggle of how to keep our cash flow going or how to increase our cash flow. But whatever your worry may be, somehow we believe that we make enough money. If I do enough things, that somehow I'll fix it on my own. And we've become increasingly and dangerously self-reliant and independent. And too often this leads to, again, that, that other part of our culture of being far, far too, uh, too worried and too stressed. But Jesus, what he does here in this verse is he imparts the antithesis of what it is that we, we pump out, what we believe, what we've come to, to believe about ourselves. And he reminds us just how ridiculous it is for us to worry, to spend our time worrying and worrying and worrying about how, how much more how much, how much things we can, we can gain. He wants us to realize how much more fruitful it is to focus on doing God's work on reaching, teaching, serving, and loving people. And so with that, I want to get a little deeper into this text. So what, what, is, what is Jesus saying? If we read the text at face value, it seems as though Jesus is saying that we, we can stop whatever you're doing, stop working, just kick your feet back, and God's going to give you, give you food, he's going to give you clothes, and that's it. God's got it. And that's not really what the text is saying. The text is not this indictment on working. It's really about the worrying. It's a, the worry about the worry and the money, and more importantly, our tendency to make work and money and stress our gods. And it's this, this, uh, this misguided focus. And ultimately, Jesus wants to point us back toward faith. He says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Now, for a lot of us, it's easy to kind of relate to this because most of us, we have choices. You open your closet, you open your refrigerator, you open your cabinets, they're choices. But for some of us, like me, I, I know what it's like to, to go to the closet and not have a lot of choices. I know what it's like to have gone to a refrigerator and not have a lot of choices, to go to the cabinet and not have choices. So sincerely be worried about where my next meal was going to come from. And so when I, when I hear Jesus say this, it, hit, it, hit, it hits me hard. And to keep it in perspective, Jesus is actually talking to people who lived in a state of oppression. We heard, we've heard a lot about the fact that the Jewish people of his time lived under the oppression of the, the Roman government. So they were truly worried about every day, when I, am I going to eat? Will the clothing I have be enough to carry me over to the next season and the next season? And so there's this challenge of saying, take your focus off those things and put your focus on God. You'll, you'll see a few lines earlier than that. The Our Father prayer teaches us when he says, give us this day our daily bread. And so often we say that just as a rote memory. as something we learn, but it actually means that, Lord, I'm depending on you today to give me my daily bread because I'm not sure where it's going to come from. It's a very, very active and not a passive prayer at all that your daily portion comes from God. And if, if I could be honest for a moment, I remember this, this one point, as I talked about, just being in a place of not knowing where my next meal was going to come from and not knowing what those, those things were going to be like. And there was a point in which there was just no food. There was no food in my apartment whatsoever. I got down to one onion on the top of the fridge. I fried it, and I ate it. That was my meal for the day. That onion was gone the next day. So, okay, so what do I have left? And I, 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 look, I look in the cabinet, and there's a, a jar of breadcrumbs. All right, so I'm so hungry. I'm so worried about where my next meal is going to come from that I began to empty these breadcrumbs into my hand and just shovel it into my mouth. That's my meal for the day. 
And I said, so I thought about that moment. I said, Lord, so what do you mean that you're going to provide my food? I remember being worried. I remember being stressed about how was I going to eat? Like, I don't remember like, that you provided food for me. And then he, instantly in that moment, I was reminded that it was really about my ego. That there were always enough resources around me in order to find what I needed to have. I was working every day, but still, I had more bills than money. But there were friends. There was family. And there was always God. My ego, my worry, my, my tendency to feel like I could do it. I got this. I can handle it. And I was hungry. And I was stressed out. But I was independent. But wherever you find yourself, in a season of abundance, a season of lack, or somewhere in the middle, the point is that God is the ultimate source. Because while Jesus speaks directly to eating or drinking or clothing, we could really replace those things with anything. Whatever your pet worry may be today, like that's what Jesus is speaking to. Whatever that pet worry is, whatever it is that you find yourself focusing on more often than not, then that's getting in the way of your relationship with God. You know, that I want to talk about what worry is. So what exactly is it? Jesus says, don't worry. What, what, what is worry? And you'll find this in your notes, the first thing that says, uh, so worry. Worry is a sign of a lack of faith. Worry is a sign of a lack of faith. Worry is nothing but misguided meditation. Of what we might call negative prayer. Because all you're doing is focusing on a problem, focusing on a problem, focusing on a problem, and not focusing on a problem solver. And you expend this energy, all your mental, your spiritual, sometimes your physical energy, and, and all these all on unrealized negative outcomes. And it's this erroneous belief that, that somehow we can work or we can think ourselves into security or out of a messy situation. Because it's ultimately, again, a lack of faith or a false sense of faith in yourself, in your money, your possessions, in someone, in something, anything other than God. Because your laser-like focus is, again, it's on your problem, and it's made you take your focus off the problem solver. And so Jesus moves us through this moment. He moves us through the text. So whatever your pet worry is, there it is. You have more, more, is life more than whatever your pet worry is? And he goes on to give us some examples. First, he speaks of the birds of the air. He says they don't sow, they don't reap. They don't have a savings account. He says they don't store anything up. There's no savings account. Yet they're able to eat every day, and they operate on this, this, this instinct that they know they're going to find food. So it's not saying it don't work. The bird has to get up in the morning. He's got to go find a worm. But when he goes to find him, he knows there's going to be a worm there. So there's that instinct. He knows that God is going to provide that food, and Jesus provides that and saying that this is how simple this is. If you can look at a bird outside and God feeds this bird, will he not provide for you? Are we not more important? Are you not more important than a bird? You who are made in the image and likeness of God. Are you not more important? He goes on to ask this question that, that I always go back to when I find myself in those times of uh, not having food or find myself in a place of stress, find myself in a time of worry and trying to figure this all out on my own. He says, can you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life. The King James Version asks, can you add an inch to your height? And it's that, that question that always strikes a cold with me when I, ever since the first time I read it. It reminds me of just how foolish and trivial worry really is. And it amounts to nothing. It's the equivalent of trying to hold on to air. Like that's how foolish worry truly is. 
Or can you imagine if you look at the King James standing in the mirror, like this worrying that you're not going to grow another inch or trying to grow yourself one more inch or a little bit skinnier or a little bit thicker, whatever that may be. This is how foolish that is. But he goes on to revisit this topic of clothing. He offers this very real concept of flowers in the field and tells us that Solomon in all of his splendor had nothing on the lilies of the field. For those who may not know, Solomon is known as the, the wisest and the, the richest king in all of uh, Israel's history. But Jesus says that, that Solomon, in, in all of his swagger, in all of his decked-out glory, had nothing on how God closed the flowers. And again, aren't you more important? Aren't you more important than the flowers that are here today, going tomorrow? So essentially what I hear is Jesus saying that to stop worrying and step your faith game up. Step your faith game up and realize how important you really are and how to release yourself from the captivity of worrying. So just stop it. Stop worrying about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. People who don't know God, that's what they do. That's what Jesus says. They worry about these things. But if you call yourself a follower, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, then you have to know that God already knows what you need. So just let it go. So that's that thing. Let go, let God. Let go, let God. So the question I thought about and I thought about for you all, so, so Jesus, if I, if, I let this, if I let this worry go, if I stop worrying, if I stop believing that I can do it, then where do I turn? And what's the answer? So Jesus has an answer for you. He says, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. So sometimes we read that that's kind of, that's kind of cryptic. But it's throughout the gospel, Jesus doesn't really offer us a full definition. We always get this, it's the fact that it's a theme, it's the, it's the central theme of his message, of his mission. But if we seek God's kingdom, so that means you have to seek a king, that you have to seek God's rule and God's kingship over your life. We present ourselves as subjects to a, a righteous and just king. And all we need to do is seek to, to meet his will. We need to focus on life, focus on sharing life. The good news with poor, I don't realize that there's a God who loves them. In other words, so in other words, if you seek this king, if you are following me on Facebook or friends of me on Facebook, I couldn't, as I was, I was writing this and doing this, I couldn't hold it in. What, what came to me was that you need to stop focusing on the things and focus on the king. So I want you all to repeat that with me. So stop focusing, stop focusing. on the things. And focus on the king. It's one more time. Stop focusing on the things and focus on the king. And this, this concept, thank you, thank you. Now, this, this concept is it's hard for us. Again, we're, we're taught that the things, that the things, the things make us. The things make us important. The things make us special. The things will give us value. The things will make us stand out. And moreover, that this concept of, of total submission, this submission to a king is also foreign to us. We're, we're used to the idea of a president. You know, we're used to the idea of, uh, of someone being in power, but presidents have checks and balances. You know, a lot of us learn in civics class, there's, there's three branches of government. There's your executive, your legislative, your ju- and your judicial. And these things exist to check one another and assure that no one has ultimate power. Or we may be used to kings and queens such as the, the Queen of England. But essentially, that's just a figurehead that truly that's just run by parliament. But when you submit to this king, this king that we call our God, then it's ultimate power. You submit to that power. But Jesus is telling us to focus on the king, the king who is fully in control of our lives. And when you really rely on God, you submit. You truly depend. 
you depend and the things no longer matter because, again, you stop focusing on the things and you focus on the king. But what does it mean? So what does it mean to depend, to depend? We're talking about this independence or being in a state of dependence. So with that question, what does it also, what, what does dependence not mean? So again, right here in your notes. So dependence. Dependence does not mean that you stop working. So again, it doesn't mean you kick your feet up and just say, you know what, God's got it. I'm good. But it does mean that when you work, that you should work knowing that God is the source. Dependence does not mean that you stop working. It does mean that you should work knowing that God is the source. So God gives us resources in many ways, and and one of those ways is our work. So I really want us to get that. Jesus is not saying that we should stop whatever we're doing. So you can try that. There's a good chance that you'll wind up hungry. There's a good chance you'll wind up having some stuff cut off, some stuff taken away. So I don't want you to leave here and say that Jesus and Pastor Starbucks told me to quit my job because God got it. I don't don't want you to do that. I I don't want you to walk away feeling that way. But rather... As you work, you need to work to glorify God and make sure that the work or the money aren't your God or that you're working hard out of fear and stress that those things occupy your mind, that those things become your God. So work knowing that the God is the supplier, that no matter what happens with your job, God is the ultimate supplier. So depend and focus on the king. So you do so with the understanding that life does not become this, this crystal staircase as a result of your decision. And that brings me to point two. Dependence does not mean that all of your potential stressors will go away. Amen. Depending on God does not mean that all of your problems are going to magically disappear. But it does mean that you're going to change the manner in which you handle that stress. So it does mean that you change the manner in which you handle it. So again, dependence does not mean that all of your potential stressors will go away. It does mean that you change the manner in which you handle it. As I mentioned earlier, there's a a multitude of things that we could be worried about. A plethora of bills and family problems and, and all those things. Depending on God does not mean that you've taken a magic pill and that all your problems are going to just disappear. In fact, it sometimes brings on more issues. There's a passage in the Gospel of, of John, chapter 16, verse 33. It's not in your notes. It's not on your notes. But Jesus is basically, he's, he's preparing his disciples for his departure, preparing them for what's basically about to be a public lynching. So that this, this idea of crucifixion that we've, uh, in many ways, come to glorify, but basically it was a way for the Roman government to publicly lynch someone, to say, if you do what this dude did, this is how you end up. And it was the same thing that was done to many, to many of our ancestors. But again, he's preparing, he's preparing his disciples for that, for that moment. And so he says, uh, he comes to a point, he says, I've said these things to you. That in me, you have peace. That in the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And I say that to say that we must realize that the, the tribulation and problem is not preceded by in the world, you may have tribulation. It doesn't say that in the world that there's an outside chance that you may have some issues. It doesn't say that. It says you will have problems. And one of my mentors would uh, often tell me that the only people who don't have problems 
are the ones in the graveyard. And so when I read the last part of that statement, I really honestly, as I was reading and I saw the take heart, I have overcome the world. I almost jumped out of my chair at my desk and ran out of the office. I've overcome the world. Because in that moment, I got this, this really this, this deep sense of, of security that God's got me. That I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to focus on this S on my chest because it's not about that. It's really about Jesus in my heart. And it's this welling up came up that, that knowing I serve a God who, who always has not only my back, but also my front and both my sides. And I read it again, and I read it again. And it says that in this world, you will have problems. And when I read that, I was focused on, okay, problems. Again, I got focused on the problems, the things, the things, the things. In this world, you have problems. So it's okay, Lord, I'll have problems. And as I read it, and Jesus said, when I have overcome, and I was almost waiting to read, I've overcome your problems. But that's not what it says. It says that I, I've overcome the world. So I, I, I'm more than your problem. So what's, what's the problem to me? Is what Jesus says. What's the problem to me? And if, it, it, was, it was something in that that, that spoke to me in a way that, again, it had never spoke to me before. That I, I got to this point of realizing, okay, God, I really have to let these things go. Let the things go and really depend on you and realize that you've overcome the world. That in your death, your burial, your resurrection, in your ascension, you've overcome the world. So my problems, I'm focusing on these, these things, again, for no reason. When I need to focus on the king. And so when you make this decision to submit, you... You make a decision to depend on the Lord. You make a decision not to allow your, your potential stressors to get the best of you, to, to overtake your mind, to take your focus off God. You make a decision that you're going to trust the king no matter the circumstance. Dependence means that when a problem arises that you look at God and say, okay, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because I need you. No matter how small or big the problem, I'm believing, Lord, that you care for me, that you love me, and that you will provide. We move on to point three, and it says that dependence does not mean that you are helpless. It's that idea of weakness and helplessness is something that's still very, very scary to most of us. I know, I know at times it's still very scary to me, the idea of a, I'm weak or I'm, I'm helpless. But it does mean that you openly admit that you can't do it alone. Dependence does not mean that you are helpless. It does mean that you openly admit that you can't do it alone, that you're going to take your hands off. So we have a part to play. We, we, have, we have work to do when it comes to being good stewards of our resources. Yeah, there's work to be done. But in order to become all that God has called us to be, we have to be willing, again, to take our hands off and let God take the proverbial will. We have to be willing to raise our hands and say, God, I've done all that I can, and I need you. As a matter of fact, I've messed some things up. But right now, I need you to take over. I've made this thing worse by trying too hard for too long to do it on my own. And if you're anything like me, you're still learning that lesson. Still learning what that means. Still learning to get out of your own way. Still learning to get out of God's way. And so that's just the challenge that Jesus poses to his disciples, not just, not just those that are present in that moment, but us. All of us that would call ourselves followers followers of Jesus. That the time is now to, to, to change your mindset, that the, the time is now to renew the way you see yourself, to, to, to renew the way that we all see ourselves and our stresses. This, this calls for this complete reprogramming 
a complete reprogramming of what it means to answer. What it means to answer to and depend on a powerful king who loves us, a, a way of thinking that causes us to rethink the way we value stuff. Stuff we had, stuff we have, stuff we want. None of the stuff matters. It's a way of thinking that, re- that requires us to realize that there's, 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 no, there's more to life than what our culture tells us there is. There's, there, there's more than one commercial I remember from maybe a year or two ago was that, uh, from Apple, as I'm using this Apple product, uh, said, uh, if you don't have an iPhone, you don't have an iPhone. And it was so simple, but it was more like, if you don't have an iPhone, you ain't nobody. And I was like, I was like okay, that's, 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 that's pretty good marketing. But basically it's that, that same idea that there's always something, there's always something new, something that you've got to have, a bigger phone, a bigger house. I've known people that have been two people in a house with six rooms, six bedrooms, just, just house. We got a lot of house, nothing to do with it. But it's this way of thinking that causes we need to, to realize that, that we are the hands and feet of Christ, that it's our work, that it's our work, that we do our work to the glory of God, but also begin to do work that glorifies God. So it's here that we find ourselves. It's when you, when you, when you let go, when you put your hands in there and you say, God, I'm taking my hands off, hands off. It's on you. And it's there that you really find yourself, your true self. You find who you are in God, who you are in Christ, where it is that you're trying to move. Who we are apart from our stuff is who we really are. Who we are when we rely on God and allow ourselves to be used as servants. As I was reading this passage, I was uh, reminded of this acronym that my wife introduced to me some time ago. It came back to me, if you're familiar with it. It's F-R-O-G. So F-R-O-G. So frog. Frog. And it stands for when we fully rely on God or fully relying on God. And it's one of those things that, those acronyms that you may find in most children's ministries that you'll find in vacation Bible school if you did that growing up. But I found that it's really the simple things learn as a child that stick. Those are the things that really matter. So when I think about it, I say, Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. And I think about that refrain, but I've added to that theology. But it's simple. It's simple. It's as simple as F-R-O-G. So I understand now that my experiences tell me so. I understand now that my heart tells me so. But again, we get back to this this idea of of, of frog, uh, fully relying on God. And I I began to to, to think about it. Is there something more to this than than just an acronym? Is Is there something to be learned from a frog? This, you know, slimy little tailless amphibian. You know, can I learn anything from that? And so I began to research. And I came across the uh, Indian skipper frog. And so we have here this little frog who has the ability to jump from the water to shore. So I let that sink in for a while. This little frog, not much to look at, little black lines on the green body, basic frog has the ability to jump from the water to shore. So that means he has no sensible footing. That there's nothing for, nowhere for him to put his feet or her feet. But there's no sensible footing. Yet this frog is able to jump from water. And I said, that, that, that sounds a lot like faith. That many times when, when God is saying jump, and you're saying, okay, I'm not, I don't have a, I'm not on the lily pad. You know, I have, I'm nothing to, nothing to jump from. I don't have a log. I need somewhere to jump from. Lord, I need somewhere to jump from. The Lord's saying, just jump. Just jump. Fully rely on me and just jump. 
And all you can feel is that there's this, this squishy water under you that you're in and you don't know how you're going to jump. And God is just saying, jump. But still you're saying, okay, I need, I, need, I need things. I need things. I need something. I need something. I need something to jump from. I need to get this in order. I need to get that in order. I need to get this in order before I take that leap, before I jump. There's something, again, on the inside of us. God is saying, just take the leap. Fully rely on me. And God is, God is on the shore. God is the shore. And yet we keep thinking about, God, I don't have sensible footing. God is just saying, jump. Jump. I am your footing. I am your footing. You, can, you can't see it. You can't feel it. But I'm here. I'm here to help you to jump. Just rely on me. Don't worry. Don't stress. Make sure that you focus on me. Jump. But it's the things, again, the things are distracting you. The things are distracting you. But if you would focus on the shore, focus on the king, and not on the fact that there's no sensible footing around you. You just jump. You fully rely. Depend. Be in a state of full dependence on God and not on yourself. And so Jesus is challenging you. He's challenging me. He's challenging us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And so I'll leave you with this. Remember, stop focusing on the things and focus on the king. Repeat that again with me. Stop focusing on the things and focus on the king. I will do it one more time. I don't want you to feel it. I want you to say it loud because I want it to get into your heart, to get into your spirit, and also to get into your mind where a lot of our worry gets stuck. Stop focusing on the things and focus on the king. So with that, uh, if you're in a place in your life right now where you, if that's where you want your focus to be, if you want, if you want to now be in a place of fully relying on God, if you're like me and you sometimes waver, you sometimes go back and forth, and you feel like you can do it on your own, or this, this culture gets in, ingrained in us and saying, I, I, I can do this thing. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. So if that's you, if that's, if that's where you're, if you're at a point in your life now you want to make a decision that you want to depend on God, I just want you just to, just to raise your hand, if now was the time for you to come to God in a different way, in a new way, just raise your hand if that's you, if you want to change. I see you, I see you, I see you. And let us pray. Lord God, we come to you right now in this moment, just letting you know, Lord, that we're going to depend on you. That we realize that we've done this thing on our own for long enough. Lord, we realize that we've stuck our hands in places where we just didn't need to put our hands, that often... When we step in, Lord, we make the process take longer. And so right now, we're going to fully rely on you, Lord God. We're going to turn our lives over to you in ways that we haven't before, Lord. Every, that, that pet worry that we have, Lord, we're going to give it to you in the name of Jesus. That thing that, that's, that's, stuck, that's stuck in your mind right now, that's stuck in your mind right now, the Lord is saying to give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And so, Lord, right now, we just take our hands off the wheel. Right now, we take our hands off the wheel. Right now, we're in the water. Right now, Lord God. And we ask that we just help us to focus on you, to focus only on you, that you'll be there to love on us, to catch us when we leap, to be our grounding, to have our back, to have our front, everything else around. Lord, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.